Hi, everybody. Hi. First of all, uh, I want to start this play because this is nine hours of complete nonsense. So what we can do is we can just come back to it. We can just come back to it any time and just listen to some crazy, crazy nonsense. Start it. So, yeah. My, uh, as you know, my my name is David Wynn Miller, but I punctuate my name. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, uh, Benjamin Franklin, all punctuated the name same as I did. They were all 34 degree master masons. Now, I don't know if there's any Masons in the crowd, but I am a 92nd degree Mason. Holy uh, shit. I know you've been taught that Masonry goes to 33 and 34 degrees for Grand Masters. <laughs> the reason I'm a 92nd degree Mason is because in 1988 I broke the math interface in all 5,000 languages, proving that language is a linear equation in algebra. This hasn't been done in 8,500 years of written language. When I did so, I was able to unlock the two-thirds of all the words missing from all languages in the world, and I can write any sentence in any language, frontwards and backwards, with the same meaning. (laughs) Once this was discovered, completely uh, 48 hours after I published on the Internet, I had two Secret Service agents from Washington (laughs) at my front door going, do you realize what you've done? Et cetera, et cetera. It goes on from there. Um, we'll just so stop. it's still rolling, right? Oh, yeah. Sound, oh, yeah. We'll just, we'll just go down. We'll go to it whenever, you, you know, Here, there's I can a slow just moment. Push them up. Um, wow. So today is... Uh, oh, 420. <laughs> 420, dude. And... There's medical marijuana in Pennsylvania. There is? It got passed. I didn't see that. When did that get passed? Two days ago. Awesome. uh, So you can take pills and oils and whatnot. No smoking in this provision. Hmm. Okay. But uh, you could probably get your prescription (laughs) lined up. Sure, absolutely. Oh, vaping is allowed, though. Vaping? That's cool. Perfect. Yeah, so uh, tincture, like oil, they said, tinct- I didn't say tinctures, but oils, and um, they said vapable, but no. Not- but when, when will it actually happen? What, what's the- um, I think if, like, you were one of those poor, you know, people with horrible epilepsy or something like that, I think it's real soon, I think. But they is- said it'll be two years before they get the whole distributor, grower, all mm-hmm. that stuff licensed. But as far as, I guess, worrying about being prosecuted for doing it you know i mean you could probably i don't know you know it's gray area right now but well it's it's decriminalized like anything uh lower than an ounce is completely decriminalized so there wasn't really much to worry about anyway right an ounce is a lot of weed (laughs) okay um so let's see here i got a lot of stuff to talk about but um we should probably mention this one on the show, the vaginal beer, <laughs> or, or not, or sorry, or not on the show. Have to. Oh, I, okay. I, I meant on the pre-show and not okay. on the main show. The the vaginal beer. <laughs> this is an Indiegogo campaign for the first vaginal beer, bottled instinct. They're trying to get one hundred fifty thousand euros. So far, they have fifteen hundred. Uh, with three days left to go. They're... <laughs> when they say vaginal beer, what they mean is they took some yeast from a uh-huh. pretty model's vagina oh. and are using that to make beer. Oh, it tastes better than an ugly model's vagina, right? Vagina. 
I mean, is, they the Pretty marketing people have good taste. The marketing is all about you're getting the essence of the woman, but meanwhile, it's you're getting a single celled creature that happened to live uh, on <laughs> in that in a, in, in a moist, wet environment. So mm, not so much. But there's also one of my favorite parts about this is. You know, I mean, I, people say, "Oh, it's gross." It's not gross because I mean, it's you're getting a yeast cell out. It's like the the beard yeast or anything else. Right. Who knows where the where some of the yeast that's used in these? It's beers. not like they use the um, squirting juices the right. for making the beer. <laughs> However, I need to trademark that idea right quick. If you pledge ten thousand euros, then you get a. Uh, voucher for 60 bottles of beer produced on your girlfriend's vaginal bacteria. Oh, nice. So you can personalize yes. vag beer. 40 grams of the bacteria to produce homemade kefir. Additionally, it may require a visit gynecology in Poland or Germany. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yes. Mm. That'll get funded just as well as that holographic game network. <laughs> well, it has, uh, I think that got like $12. Uh, this is already at 1,500 euros. Uh-huh. Good for them. Out of 150,000 yeah. euros. Good so. for them. Anyway. So. All right. How about Better Call Saul? Pretty good. <laughs> Who was the guy that put the stick on Mike's horn? You know. Do I know? Mm-hmm. Tuco? Mm-mm. No. Gus? Mm-hmm. I thought maybe for a second it was Gus, but... Yeah. It's been pretty much... It's been confirmed. Okay. It's Gus. So, yeah, it was a good episode. It was a very good episode. It was very good. It was two very good episodes because uh, we we didn't talk this weekend. Um, boy, uh, Ray, uh, her name, her name is pronounced Ray. The the Raya is is her name. Whoever I forget her last name, she plays um Kim. Okay, she's great. She is such a good actress. Uh-huh. That scene where where um and also michael mckean is is doing such a fantastic job too that that scene where chuck is is telling her what what happened and she is playing on her face both chuck you're crazy and in the back of her head i know this is exactly what happened (laughs) and she's playing it Uh it's it's beautiful yeah yeah i was i mean just i don't know lots of lots of really good stuff i mean uh, I don't even know where to start, but um, Ernesto, I just, I really, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like even a little bit lines. I mean, I think the I should have stayed in the mailroom line was a little bit, you know, campy for for Better Call Saul. I it's just, Better Call Saul, is yeah, it really? Yeah, I don't know. It was a little too sitcommy. I mean, it's it's a levity line, but I mean, remember that Breaking Bad they had uh, Gus after he got his head blown off straightening mm-hmm. his tie. So I mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> 
Okay, it was too predictable. Yeah. Gus straightening his tie wasn't predictable. Where no the guy walking away saying, "Oh, I should have stuck in stuck in the mailroom. Yeah, I'm not even supposed to be here today." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, then the I, and then I liked how um, Chuck, you know, played crazy. You know, I mean, you're not rooting for Chuck at all, but I, no. I definitely like. But he's a three dimensional character. Yeah. Right? You're not rooting for for him, but you are. You understand him, right? Mm-hmm. And you understand what he's doing. And... Oh, the opening scene where his mom, yeah, <laughs> again another great opening scene. Mm-hmm. And this was wasn't just because the shot was complex. Right, it was you know it's like staring deep into Chuck's psyche. Mm-hmm. It's uh, this show is good. One of the things I mentioned on here was that uh, on our um, on our talky talk, what did I say? Better Curse Hall shows that knowing the end of the story isn't really as important as the journey. We know what's going to happen. We know mm-hmm. where it ends. Uh, but that doesn't matter because the journey is there. I mean, like, at this point, Jimmy is still very far from Saul. He has to lose every, every bit of compassion, every bit of, of care that he has. And that's not the Jimmy we know, even, uh, you know, definitely even up to this point. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I mean, it seems like Mike's almost to where I mean, mm-hmm. you know, with Gus, you know, if that, if you know, you said it was almost it's confirmed. So you know, Gus putting the um, halt to Victor's execution, and uh, that was a good scene too, because you know, like part of me like, oh, he's gonna shoot through that, like he wants to shoot through that guy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he, but he's friends with that guy. You know, what's his name? What's that? Character? Nacho. Nacho. That's it. And. uh well, it's not so much these friends. He would, he, it would have been wrong. I mean, and then, he was know, trying to stop you, the the murder because right. that because he felt that was wrong. Yeah, and then he's like, "Oh, he's gonna shoot the guy that executed him." This, you know, digging the hole now. And yeah, th- there was a it was a lot of build up, uh, and then it paid off in a very different way than what you expected. So. And the, the the way the horn was mixed in, mm-hmm. I caught it like pretty early, and I was like, "Is there a, is this horn going off?" You know, but I wasn't sure, and it was like another like twenty seconds before he heard the horn. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you're you're concentrating on something, yeah, yeah, something like that isn't gonna hit you off immediately. But I mean, the way it was mixed, it, it was intensifying depending on how the winds were blowing. You know, because it was a couple miles away. You know, it was really. Uh, Oh, just a little thing that I thought was really it was good. Well, it was I thought good. it was really well done, like the way it was mixed. Like it felt like it was drifting in the air and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good show. Yeah, what's I get? So I mean, I I'm curious to see where we get from Chuck's tape audio, taped audio confession to Saul because I mean Jimmy obviously doesn't get disbarred. Right, he may, so, I mean... So that's the thing I'm cur- most curious yeah. about right now is it's going to be bad for Jimmy McGill, but it, it's not the can't, it's not the worst, right? No, and, and who knows if this is the straw that breaks the camel's back or, or not. I mean, this could be just a, a, another, another part of the road as opposed to... You know, Jimmy loves his brother, right? Puts up with all the shit from his brother. But, I know whether he loves his brother. He he yeah, he, he cares. He loves. But his I don't know whether he loves him. He he. But he, he knows he has to care about him. I th- uh, I think he loves him. But I wonder. There'd be a great conflict. You know how conflicted he was okay, about you. Just it, it just thing. And, and you know what happens. But we're doing this. Yeah, but still. Are you not recording on that? Well, it is, but 
not going to be planning on using it. <laughs> he can't even get into his computer. No, I just set my password so it requires me to type it three times. You did? No. <laughs> well, let's go. In Auckland, New Zealand. In that seminar, there were 90 Auckland tribal chiefs of the 1,200 tribal chiefs that live in New Zealand. I don't think there are any tribal chiefs. I then made a statement that the post office since 1800 has never had a correct parse syntax grammar law rule regulation or code in any language. So. <laughs> okay, so what I was saying was, you know, you don't think Jimmy has it in him because he's been so nice, but what if he has his brother committed so he's not disbarred or something like that, right? That could be the way they take that it. Like where he actually has mm -hmm. to make that evil decision right. to save it. Like when it comes down to brass tacks, Jimmy is that con man and will save his own ass no matter how much he cares for his brother. Right, yeah. You know, that's kind of what I, I don't want to see that happen. I like, don't, that's where it's going. I don't want that to play yeah. out, but yeah. It's interesting because at the end of each of these seasons, you could make the case for, okay, this is the thing that, that gets Jimmy to solve, but mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that it's, it's the thing. Right. Oh, sure. And I don't, I don't think it's ever going to be one thing. Yeah. It's going to be a sum total of situational right. things. But like if they were canceled after the second season, that would have been fine. It would have, mm -hmm. <laughs> each season ended on, if this was just the only season we get, it'll work. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and you know, now we, we kind of see Mike's trajectory, which is great, too. Mike mm -hmm. had a really great season. He did. He, he really I mean, they did. really gave him almost half the airtime, it seems, or at least half the plot development time. And uh, we got to really see how he got into this whole thing to protect his sister or daughter-in-law and grandchild and uh, kind of fell in with. And also, you know, he's the ex-cop trying to be mostly legit. And you can kind of see where he's going to pick the lesser of two evils, right? Mm -hmm. Where he thinks that Gus is an okay bad guy. And... Well, I don't know what he thinks. I mean... Well, but, I mean, we'll see how he actually justifies yeah. working for Gus, though. And it could be he's an okay bad guy compared to Victor Salamanca. Could be. Or it could be that Gus has him by the balls or something. I mean, who knows? Yeah. At some point, the money he's putting away for Kylie wins out over his morals, right? Right. So, let's see. Did you see that that um, Brian Johnson from ACDC has to stop touring with ACDC immediately or he'll completely lose his hearing? No. And so, who did ACDC pick as their new lead singer? The, you put Axel Axel Rose. fucking Rose. Well, he can do that. He can do that. I, I so. guess, but... Come on, you got to pick the prissiest, biggest asshole in 80s metal? Well, uh, if you don't, if you get somebody just off the street, people are going to be like, who the fuck is this? Yeah, At least it sells you... tickets, I yeah. guess. But, you know, Guns N' Roses is also doing a reunion tour this summer. I'm like, what are the odds now that Axel's going to, like, scrap the reunion <laughs> tour because he's playing with ACDC? Maybe they can do it together. <laughs> he sings both. Yeah. <laughs> 
No, I, gonna, he's going to do some ACDC dates. They're going to take a break for the Guns N' Roses tour. Then I think he's going to go back to singing with ACDC. But, you know, I said I said in the comment after that, right? It's like, well, works, crossovers work in superhero movies and in sitcoms. So. <laughs> well, they work in some superhero movies. I know. There was a little <laughs> bit of tongue-in-cheek there. Uh, Rogue One trailer. Yes. We didn't talk about it, so what do you think of it? I, Max and I like it. Um, there see like so Max and I were like watching it like shot by shot, you know, looking at stuff, and there seems like there's a lot more eye candy than I remember in the Force Awakens trailer. Like you know, there's the Rebel base, and you can kind of see you know there's a Gonk droid walking. You know, you get to see a bunch of things you know, you know, from from the Empire. You get to see. Uh, um, <laughs> I thought that um, Grandma or no, not no, I mean, uh the leader of the rebellion, uh, uh lady, Mothma. Ma, yeah, Mothma. you know, like the, the actor they got and the way they did made her, made her up. It was like, wow, it's a younger version of, well, I mean, the thing is that that was a very plain character. So it was really sure. easy to find somebody yeah. to play, you know, a very plain younger like, version. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Not a very distinctive, uh, <laughs> character. I think, I mean, it'll, it, I guess it'll depend on, the movie budget on how good it's going to be, right? It's not big budget main title. It'll, it's, I mean, it's big enough budget. Yeah. So hopefully they spend enough time developing it to make it a good story. Mm-hmm. And um, the one thing I'm really curious to see, what I think would be really cool, is if there was a live action representation of some of the characters from Star Wars Rebels. There might be. You know, if Kanan or Ezra or something, there's a live action version of that. That'd be really interesting because it's the same, almost the same time period. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Rebellion is not that well established in Rebels yet. I'm sure that if there was, it would be a, a minor role. It would not be. Oh, sure. Role. It'd be a cameo. Yeah. But it'd be really cool to see some of the Rebels crew walk, you know, through a, a scene. They, they may do that. They, you know, they're. They will probably put because this this is what they do is is they put an oblique reference to something that happened right they'll right. they'll talk about some event that happened in the past that you'll know of because you've seen that right and that will be the the carry through that could be it'd be but you know just because that's an animated cartoon and this is live action it'd be great if they just had you know like well it's all part of the same universe I know but right? be, so, like I'd love to see a live action representation of one of the characters or a couple of characters I thought that'd be cool. So, you may hate it, or you may be like, "Oh my god, this is like Avatar. This is destroying that." Uh, they're all. I mean, they're... not not Avatar the blue thing. Avatar the Last Airbender, that one. Oh, I have, I've heard of it. I have no idea what it is. You'll like it. Yeah, yeah. I've been watching um, Mr. Plinkett reviews. Oh, really? I have. I watched Crystal Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Mm-hmm. That one was enjoyable. I watched Titanic. It was okay. Yeah, it was decent. There's not I mean, much to say about it. It's, it's a decent yeah. movie, so yeah, it's not. There's not a whole lot to say about it. There was the that one scene where they showed James Cameron's shots and framing compared to previous versions of uh-huh. Titanic was very interesting. Yeah, you know they. I wonder how much work it takes to line up that kind of well. I mean, Cameron is a consummate show. No, 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 Mister P- the Red Letter Media uh, guys. Oh, how oh. much work it took them to like find? Oh, lots of lots all of the scenes that like okay, here is that scene the same? Let's compare them, you know, and like actually having 
good enough knowledge of both both movies to know where to look for compared scenes and stuff like that. Did you watch any of the Star Wars reviews? No, I mean, you should. I will. I'll yeah. probably get there. Um, our, so you showed me the the trailer for Episode Seven. Yeah, uh, it's not. Are they really doing one? Because that seems. I just, think so. That kind of seemed just like a a short little. I I think that there. I, I I no. I think it's. I think it's in the. It's in you know he had he probably waited for the DVD so you know he could do uh, mm-hmm. the right thing. He'd do the right uh, kind of cut from it, but uh, I imagine he will. Okay, it, it will happen. Somewhere. I thought. I thought the joke was you know he woke up from his long sleep <laughs> and saw a Star Wars poster and hated it because the prequels were so bad. Mm-hmm. And I thought that I thought that was just a standalone piece. I wasn't sure if that was a standalone piece or if it was a real trailer for their review. I think it, I think it said trailer on it. So, well, yeah. <laughs> But um, but I mean the way way it wrapped itself up it it could have been a standalone it could have been but I know I, I think it, it it's indicating that because they haven't done one in a while so it's indicating that that they're going to do that although frankly I would rather they do uh, Man vs Steel and Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman because there's so much to uh-huh. talk about there's so much to to rip apart in those and there's I mean there's they stuff... could they could do a lot of superhero movies right I mean... what I what I really think is going to happen is when if he does do which I think he did, is going to do, but if he does do uh, episode seven review, it will be structured a lot like the episode one review. Okay. <laughs> right? Because ep- the reason why is because episode seven is structured very much oh. like episode four. So he'll probably, right. you know, do that. So you should definitely watch the episode one review so you get an okay. idea. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what they'll focus on is... Kind of like the Titanic review, where it's like it's a good movie, but there's a bunch of mm-hmm. hack stuff in it. You yeah, know? yeah. And I think they could probably they could do that with Episode Seven, right? Where it's a good movie, but look at all no this. movie's perfect. Yeah, but look at all this, and they'll just re- they could spend an hour on the recycled stuff for sure. Sure. But I mean, I, I think that. More important, we'll be comparing it to the prequels and showing how, hey, look, we have characters now. Hey, look, we have a story. Uh, <laughs> hey, look, that we're moving. We're on set as opposed to in a, in a, in a green screen. With a tiny little stage. Yeah, right? yeah. No, I hear you. Okay. Yeah, I just watched it. I'm like, I hope they make it. <laughs> but I'm not sure that wasn't just the joke trailer. Pretty sure they'll make it. Cool. Okay. So yeah, I, I thought the Rogue One trailer was you know the first time I, I saw it I was like ooh look at all the cool Star Wars things and I watched it again and I was like okay this really uh, this looks very derivative <laughs> I don't know how much story there is to tell about here's yet another badass woman who is has to do a, a crazy plot yeah I mean is it, is it going to be Star Wars Furiosa I. I I mean, yeah, the main arc they're doing is they're showing how the Death Star plans got Well, from, that's, that's not the main uh, arc. I mean, the main arc is going to be her. I mean, like, uh, obviously, it's, okay. it's her character. Well, the tie-in between yeah, yeah. The, the, tie-in, the plugins, yes. the plugins between the ends mm-hmm. are going to be, you saw in Revenge of the Sith, the Death Star plans on that little hologram. Right. And then you know that at the beginning of episode four, they're getting the plans back to, hopefully, Rogue One like ends like, Giving it to Tanta. Right, the Tanta 4, yeah. 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 
you know and, it would be actually it would be even cool if it ended like right as the same shot as the beginning uh-huh <laughs> that's how it ended that'd be cool i i i can't see yeah i can't yeah anything like that happening i i can't or even... or seeing that shot from a different perspective as yeah. as they fly that would be even cool oh right right like like she's flying away and she sees from her perspective like oh no as she's about to jump to light speed she sees the star star comes out of yeah, light speed yeah. right behind Tano yeah. four starts shooting. Yeah, that'd be cool. We should make this movie. <laughs> so we got rebels characters, mm-hmm. and we got the final scene. Okay. Well, I mean, the thing about this is, even though I think they're good ideas, sometimes you got to kill your babies in editing. So, <laughs> I you know. know. Not in fan fiction, though. You don't have to kill Not your babies in fan, in fan fiction. fiction. That's why fan fiction often sucks. Yes. Uh, so yeah, Rogue One. It, it looked cool, but it also looked very derivative, and so I'm, I'm going to be waiting for reviews. Yeah, well, I, I got Max. Yes, I, I got I, the I'm, whole. I'm never, I'm yeah. never expecting you to say, "Oh, I'm going to wait on a star until yeah. until it just becomes shit after shit." Yeah, shit. yeah. The um, Steve, who I wanted to have on the show a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about this, and he he feels that you know Disney's just making you know he's like he's so scared it's gonna be an inferior he's you know a child like you know i me like not so much you didn't like star wars so much as a kid right but i liked it but you know, i didn't love yeah, it but, yeah yeah i mean so you know he was a kid who loved it and you know he feels that episode seven's nowhere close to episodes four five or six okay um his argument, you know, he's a filmmaker. His argument was about how groundbreaking it was in culture at the time and things like that. And then episode seven. But that's not a film issue. That's yeah. a cultural issue. Yeah. I mean, yeah. as films, well, they're not. I didn't mean to put words into his mouth saying, because yeah. I'm a filmmaker, I'm yeah. saying this. That's yeah. not what he said. Okay. Right. But, you know, I think he, I think part of it was some of the. Let me try to. I don't want to misquote him, but I mean, it was taking, you know, the. the Making the space opera type genre, because there wasn't anything really like that previously, right? It was taking like stuff from westerns and things like that. Well, I mean, there were been... there were old serials, which is what it was based on. So right. absolutely, okay. that stuff existed. All right, so maybe I'm misquoting him still. Don't don't think Steve's stupid because I don't no, know I don't think he's said. stupid. Uh, but but, yeah, but also, part of it was... I also think that even though you're smart, doesn't mean yeah. you've considered everything. Right, and then then part of it was you know how and he could have an argument that will build. Yeah. destroy me so. yeah how cultural brown culturally groundbreaking it was for that genre and you know things like that i guess so i'm like really you don't think it's better than return of the jay like no way i'm like I, I can buy that for the original star wars but yeah uh not for return of the jedi and empire is just a really good movie mm-hmm. uh at that point return of the jedi is not groundbreaking anymore yeah so I, so I don't buy that. Uh, the whole point was to the whole point of Force Awakens was essentially to jumpstart this franchise by giving you a good movie, you know, a fun movie mm-hmm. that moves that that will that will excite all your stuff, so that they can build this whole world that people want to see, as opposed to, for example, what they did with Batman vs Superman, where they made two depressing movies that like five ten percent of the population enjoy, and most populations like God, that was just. Right, bad, and... or or you know, one of the things I really was looking forward to seeing was Coruscant. 
you know, after the the original three movies, and then some of the surrounding information about how you know the whole planet's a city. There's no green space, you know, that kind of thing, and like it's the cat, the seat of the government, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see Coruscant. Then when what was it episode two, and they actually show Coruscant, you know, it's just the high speed car chase, you know, <laughs> home of the mid air collision, as they yeah. say in the third <laughs> movie. Uh, I, I, yeah, I've. They they may do a whole movie about Coruscant or something, you know. So who knows? The politics, <laughs> <laughs> shit like that could work in like a TV show, right? If they did like an hour long like Law and Order or or like or like political show, political Star Wars show, <laughs> Star Wars Law and Order, or well, maybe a Star Wars West Wing. Okay, like pre pre Emperor. How about a Law and Order where you have Jedi's? Well, yeah, you could do that. You could do a detective show style, a procedural style, but with Jedis as as your basic premise. All these things can be done. You know, the question is, do you blow your load and and and, uh, and do and then just do really bad stories, or do you really take advantage of your environment right. and the kind of stories you can tell at the same time leaving it grounded because these are still supposed to be humans. Uh, or at least people that you know, characters that we can understand and relate to. Right. So yeah, I mean, all these things can be done. <laughs> That'd be funny. Take all the common Big Bang theory of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of... <laughs> Marvel is making uh, a at least they they have a pilot order, I believe, for a show called Damage Control, which is about it's it's sort of it's supposed to be a comedy about the people who clean up after, like Shield and okay. Avengers. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it, it's it's fertile ground. A movie about raising taxes to pay for rebuilding the city. <laughs> well, you could then you have, you do like a Parks and Rec, in <laughs> right. And there's no reason why you couldn't do that in in uh, in a Star Wars world. <laughs> like an office in a Star Wars world, that would be great. Office like the office type characters, but they're disgruntled because they're working at the uh, assembly line at the Astromech Droid Factory. So they give them like disgruntled personalities and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like so, R two D. You know the story of how R two D two was built. You know, <laughs> I don't know that that that's that's going a little too. Uh... Well, that's one thing I don't like about this whole universe thing is how like everyone has to be related. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I there's mean, no new short of Ray. And Finn, you know, there's like no new characters ever. Maybe I, I, that's new, going to be changed now. But the way they're explaining, or at least the the press that I read, because I was looking at some stuff about Rogue One, the press that that said they put out is that the Star Wars movies, the main ones, are very much sort of about the Skywalker family, but all the stuff around it is just about okay. the the world and the universe. Yeah, and but... so I, I would like, you know, I would appreciate any of those ideas. That, I would appreciate them more if they didn't go for some revelation about the, the, the series of building into what how R two D two personality got that way. Yeah, Unless yeah. it was sort of just an off a one off joke in an episode, right. that'd be that'd be better. But I would just like okay, this world exists now. Let's right. let's reflect this genre in this world. Yeah, I mean that's the one thing I think that's in Rebels too much, right? I mean we've already met Lando, R two D two, and C three PO, Princess Leia, Darth Vader. You know, they Darth all, Vader, I can I can understand. Yes, yeah, yeah, so but they, you know, Leia, Lando, Lando. You know, why it, should Lando? Yeah, 
I mean, it was cool seeing Billy D. Williams in it, but it's like enough with the everyone knowing everyone thing. Mm. You know, how about some characters that yeah. aren't even? It's a. It's supposed to be a gigantic galaxy, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Why would Why would Lando have been involved with the Rebels? I, I would think oh, somebody was, like... It was a smuggler episode, so he had a beef with one of the other smugglers. That is a more common character mm. in the series, so. He was introduced, and he was just in one, one, maybe two episodes. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, the universe is fertile ground. I yeah. The the less connections to the main story, the better. Yeah. I hear you. What's that guy talking about? Uh, All right. A pronoun, a preposition, article, or a fact. When they went to when you were in school, fifth grade, we studied prepositional phrases. Okay, he's just writing that. We'll wait till he gets to some other stuff. Um, okay, so I, I, I this was a thing that came to me at one point. Let's say you're an alien. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, I saw your tweet. Yeah, yeah. Tweet or was this a message? This is a message. So you're mining for resources, right? Why? Would you drop into the atmosphere of a star to go to a tiny little rock when there's tons of shit just flying well outside? Atmosphere, also the gravity well, right? I mean, well, I mean, you could you could dip into the Oort cloud, or you could go all the way in inside to rocky bodies. You know, the energy mm -hmm. to get back out is going to be true. But maybe the counter argument is if this being is able to do this kind of travel anyway, that kind of energy is inconsequential. That would be something of an argument, but I, I just don't, I don't feel like if you, if you have that level of technology, that a tiny little rock like earth would, would be anything special. Good place to get steak. They probably wouldn't even like steak. I didn't say which kind of steak. <laughs> okay. no, they probably would say, ew. They're made of meat. <laughs> Energetic little capsules of deliciousness. <laughs> we like sulfur. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I just thought that'd be, that's a cool idea. That, yeah. yeah just, just mine that shit, because that's everywhere. Yeah, tons of water out there. Mm-hmm. It's not liquid, but probably don't want to. St- it's probably easier to store ice than liquid anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, enough heavy metals, is there? Sure. Yeah. Sure. For sure. <clears throat> All right. Well, I could, I could do this demonstration. <laughs> do you? All right. I do want to do it. So, you got a slinky. Got a slinky. Well, let me. So let let me do this as move this out of the way a bit. This, this is sort of my... I'm trying to figure out a way to get across what particles are, what okay. particles really are. So this is me trying to come up with a way to do that. And hopefully, and you can sort of be my guinea pig and tell me whether some of this works right. or not. So when we think about particles normally, <clears throat> we think about... I'm taking two little balls, and, and we, you know, when you think about like electrons and electron collision, mm-hmm. they do something like that, and they collide off each other. And, right. uh, and that's... You know, as a conceptual thing, uh, that's very, very wrong. As a 
as a tool for calculation, that's not terrible. Uh, conceptually, though, that's really, really wrong. Particles are very, what we call particles are really different. And we have to first understand what a field is. And before that, we have to understand what waves are. So what I'm going to do is use this slinky as an explanation. So if you could take one half of the slinky and hold it your way. You can do this at home if you would like. You just have a slinky, and what I'm going to do is just have a wave go through. A standing wave? Or... No, I don't want a standing wave. Oh, okay. I just want one little wave, like a wave packet okay. to go through. Now, this is a this is a slinky, so it, so it comes back. Right. <laughs> but... Mm -hmm. Ideally, if this were perfect, you would just see one uh -huh. packet move through. Right. So what's what's important here about this wave, you can put this down for now. What's important about this wave is that you understand, maybe I can do it like that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. With the slinky, you could do. Yeah. You can kind of see a compression wave then. Mm -hmm. Where if you wanted to do the up and down wave, a uh, jump rope or, or a piece of rope would Might be work better. fine. But here, so... We have this wave move across. What's important is that, aside from a very little bit, the actual slinky itself doesn't move. Mm -hmm. It's the energy right. that's moving through, this, and the slinky is is the field. Right. So, just like so, I, I often hear about like waves on on an ocean, and to me, that doesn't get across as well as if you just see something move you know this is this is a solid thing and right. so you know that right. the energy so if you want to show the wave transmitting through the medium the slinky is better than a rope because mm -hmm. the rope looks like it's moving even though the the actual spot like if you drew lines on the rope you'd see they yeah. weren't moving so a rope with lines would be useful um even in the ocean the water doesn't really move right. But it's hard to get that across. Yeah, people might not realize. Yes, but th this gets it across easy because, yeah, of course the slinky isn't moving, but something's moving down, and it's the energy. So it, it's, it's so what it is is it's kind of like a wave packet of energy, it, it, if, it, mm -hmm. if you consider just one. And that is a particle we'll call the slink-on. Slink that, that's a slink-on, a vibration that, that, that's moving through. So when you can think of a field as a whole bunch of, of slinkies, and one particle as a vibration that is moving through that field. Okay. So that's step one, is that these are basically then waves. Step two is to consider what happens when two waves interact. Because when you're talking about these two... These two things here, mm -hmm. these two balls, right. well, they interact like you would expect balls to interact. And that's inelastic collisions. That's different. But when you have two waves interacting, you could do a wave and I'll do a wave. And if there were more stuff around here, you mm -hmm. could see that basically right. their momentum collide and then they interfere with each other in, in various ways. Right. So when we have that happening, you can see that there's some shaking of the rest of the field as this happens right so consider this consider that if we had let's say let's say we set up a standing wave in here and we had just go on now like if we just pass one slink on through the slinky there you go there you go if we if we didn't do a standing wave, if we just pass one slink on through that wouldn't really affect much okay but if you have a stay a whole bunch of slink ons coming through mm -hmm. well what else is going on here so you're moving this, right? So it's right. going to get it's going to heat up a little bit. 
going to get a little bit brighter in the infrared. Uh, you're moving the air around it. The air is sort of a field. So you're, you're causing various things to happen in the air. And the heat that you come with, the infrared heat and the air itself could also interact. There's lots of various mm-hmm. interactions that are happening because the slinky is not alone. So think about the slinky, instead of being around by air, there's other fields. There's a whole bunch of other fields also okay. in the same space. Right. And so when these two particles collide, they vibrate and all the other fields are coupled to it. Like this is coupled to the air and other things. And so they vibrate a little bit too. All the fields vibrate a little bit. And that vibration, so the, if I do like a little wave here that doesn't actually get to you, like that, like a, a very little thing that doesn't actually get to you, mm-hmm. that's a virtual particle. That never actually goes anywhere, but it's a little vibration locally. Okay. And it only becomes a real slink-on if it gets out of that. And in order to do that, it has to reach a certain energy level. That's the whole quantum part of quantum mechanics. Okay. You have to reach a certain energy in order to have a stable particle. Right. So when we talk about virtual particles, what they're talking about is vibrations and fields in an area where things are happening, but they aren't standing waves or, or, or actual propagating things, waves. propagating waves that we would call particles. Okay. It's pretty good. Cool. Um, probably need a little bit better description about or so the particle was represented by the wave energy right Mm -hmm. all right so then when you were showing two particles interfering with each other as waves yeah and then you tried to tie in all the other matter that was touching the slinky I didn't quite get the point of that part of the talk. Well, that was an analogy to the other fields that are coupled. So the slinky... I was waiting for a nice bow at the end where like, and that is blah, and it didn't come through. So I wasn't sure okay. why you spent so much time talking okay. about all the other fields. So, yeah, so I'll explain now. The point is that there are, um, there are other fields that, like I said, are coupled to the slinky. And so that's why... Uh, but since we're just you do you were just describing the particle, so what's that have to do with the particle per se? Well, so if you consider an electron that's moving through space, mm-hmm. it has you can model it as moving through space at a certain point, turning into a photon, going as a photon, and then turning back into an electron, uh, or rather, sort emitting and, and absorbing a photon. You can you can model that. Mm-hmm. You can model a photon moving through space, and the photon turning into a particle, an antiparticle, an a, a electron, an anti-electron, and then immediately coming back and turning into a photon. And you can do that because as the electron is moving through, or as the as the photon is moving through its field, it's vibrating, it's interacting with the electric, the electron field. Okay. So it can transfer some of its momentum and energy to that field for okay. uh, for infinitesimal period of time for for a plank for smaller than a plank length time, and if something is in 
the area that could use that, then suddenly you you have so let's say there's something in the area that could take the energy from an electron, but it couldn't take it from a photon. You could have a photon moving past it, and the photon will vibrate the electric field enough that the energy from the photon will be will turn into, let's say, a W boson that requires the charge from an electron. So you have a photon and then a virtual electron mm-hmm. that gives rise to a W uh, with along with like a neutrino that gives rise to a W plus. That that photon existed and that W plus existed, but that electron was a virtual particle. It never really existed. It was a vibration in the field that was okay. in the in the equation enough for the energy to get and form that W. Okay. Would, instead of using the air as a field, what if you took, like, talked about having another slinky, like, kind of tangled with this one, like going perpendicular or something like that, and would that help with that? Maybe. It's a little... The re, I mean, but they're, they're both bad analogies, um, but uh, you, you want to get the, across that this is connected in all places in all space with right. the rest of the field so okay. yeah i'm not entirely sure about that one but i see what you're saying put it in water put it in water put it has, in, there some, you go yeah some food coloring that's not that's still not homogenized so mm-hmm. it's streaky so or heck just a, a little jet of smoke or something and, and you can oh, see the yeah, way maybe that, smoke yeah that the slinky is is moving the 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 air around, especially if it helps you see the um, interference pattern or something mm-hmm. like that, or at least the prop, prop like tangential propagation of right. it, something like that. All right, I think it's beer time. I think it's well. Let's see what David Wynn Miller has to say. He says, "Well, I've got a trust here." He says, "Would you look at it?" He says, "Sure." There's 40 people in the audience. Hands it to me. I says, well, this is garbage. He says, what do you mean it's garbage? And I says, well, the Parse syntax grammar is all wrong. So I went ahead and I took just the first paragraph and I syntaxed it, put it up on the board, told them what it meant. Then I wrote it in the correct language. Two IRS agents were in the front row, front, front row. jumped up and realized that I just broke $40 trillion worth of trust held in the United States. That's 25 million trusts. As they hit the door, trying to get out the door at the same time to get to the pay phones, because back then we only had pay phones, they locked their shoulders in the door jam, and it looked like the key selling cops trying to get out of a phone booth. <laughs> well, there was actually people in the room. They, everybody had a really good laugh as these two clowns were trying to get through the door, but what they were doing is trying to get to the phone first. And in the next five days, they harvested $100 billion in trusts across the United States under false and misleading statements under parse syntax grammar. I broke the world of trust. Well, what they did is when they took those $100 billion, they sold that money on Wall Street. The second week, they took another $100 billion and sold it. We'll just let it it go. Uh, It's crazy. So you missed the parts where he says that he's the king of Hawaii. Um, He missed, uh, so he talked about nine hours. Oh, yeah. And there's people in the room listening. Yeah, this is like one of those seminars that this this is a total nut job, but he has 
you know some teach you the secrets of the yeah, yeah. of the universe. Yeah, so you can make and your own billion. It is well, it is crazy. You could like you could go to any point in this and you just you stare at it for a minute. You're like what the fuck? And he talks about aliens and uh, dampening fields that cause electrons to not be able to move, and it, it it's all. <laughs> He talks about how he 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 knows and has worked with all the justices of the Supreme Court. Um, <laughs> he's tired. He's a lot of federal agents hanging around him. Yeah, he always has these great stories. Great stories about how he defeated the in this and that. And then uh, if you look up his his actual cases, he keeps getting thrown out of court because people are like, "This is nonsense." <laughs> Parse syntax. Oh, it's, it's, no, it, it's, mm, parsing syntax was just one part oh. of the actual oh. thing. So, yeah, don't, don't just, no, parsing syntax would be incorrect. That's why I'm not rich. Fifth grade English. He says, uh, first off, we have a line that goes around the money here. March 1st, 1997, I sued the United States Treasury under maritime law boxing. And that's why all your money today doesn't have any boxes on it. If you've... See the 10? It's got a circle around the 10. And the 20 has a circle around the 10. So does the 50s and 100s and the 5s. They're all the same. No more boxes except for the the $1 bill. That's because there's so much Masonic information on the back. The pyramid has 72 stones on it. That's for 72, the rule 72 of banking. You take the interest first and you walk down to the principal. The all-seeing eye is Masonic. The capstone has never been completed because the process of discovery is always in motion. But going back to the beginning, it says the United States of America. Now, we all study that prepositions were of and the article was the. When you separate the prepositions, they all become art, they all become adverbs. That means you have 68 prepositions in 38 articles. Together, you have 100 adverbs. So thus, an adverb now modifies united to be a no citizen. UN is no, ITE is citizen. ED is in past time, which means you have no now time jurisdiction. It's also an adjective, because whenever you put two nouns together called the United States, because it's a title of a country, united becomes a fact and states becomes a fact. But when oh, you so put a he's fact describing fact, his... The first fact becomes an um, adjective, which now turns right? the uh, second uh, fact, and an adjective is coloring or modification, which now changes the fact into a pronoun. P-R-O means no, N-O means no, and U-N means no. The <laughs> so pronoun is now connected to the adverb, A-D-V, vowel two consonants, no contract. And then the <laughs> adverb modifies, modifies change, changes motion, motion is action, and action is verb, and America becomes a dangling participle verb on the money. Now, A is a single <laughs> syllable. Therefore, A means no. M-E-R-I is Latin for mercy, and C-A is Latin for sheep. No mercy for the sheep. <laughs> so we pay 65% taxes. <laughs> But because America <laughs> is the verb on a corporate instrument. Now, we have two signatures on the money. So, yeah. Therefore, this is a corporate. <laughs> so, like I said, you can just like, oh, make me mesmerized by this stuff. <laughs> Go to sleep listening to that. <laughs> Wake up a very different person. 